Yo, what up, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of Jump the Sharp. That's right. That's your favorite sports betting podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The Woodman David Woody is here in effect. What's up, brother man? What's up, Brian? I'm uh, I'm your I'm your boy Hollywood Hagen, Brian Hollywood Hagen. That is, and I'm I'm earning that moniker for the last couple of weeks. Like, to be honest, brother, <laughs> killing it, dude, killing it. Four and zero last week, three and one two weeks before that, respectively. NBA is just my biz natch right yeah, now. At Jump the Sharp, ladies and gentlemen, on Twitter, if you want any kind of plays during the week, the podcast plays are exclusive right here. Make sure you tell your friends and family. All right, but um. We'll do a little quick week and review. What do yeah. you think, Woodman? Yeah. Do you want to talk about your shit? <laughs> because you didn't have to do what you did last week, but yeah. you still brought it to the table. You, we're not soccer guys. We're damn sure not UFC guys, but you still felt frisky. <laughs> the, the the thing about the soccer, which sucks, because I, I really should have been two and two, but I went one and three because even though I said that Italy would win and they won, I lost the bet. Yeah. Um, and that just shows you that I don't know well, as much about betting on soccer as I think we're I super do. amateurs when it came into it, because um, fuck's sake, man, you're amateur because because you had you had or we didn't even know why we were like, why is everything a plus here? Like, why is Italy a plus? Why is tie a plus? Why is there a tie? It's a final. We How didn't realize that was regulation time. Yeah. Like, we're so stupid, dude. It's soccer. So, so the bet only go only applies to regulation time. So if there is a actually not even regulation time, Bri. Yeah. That includes extra time, but what it doesn't, which is like overtime, right? But what it doesn't include is a shootout. And so because right. Italy won in a shootout, my bet technically lost, even Dude, though, even Go though ahead. I was right about who would win the match. And I actually still won money because I live bet the bitch. Cause I knew they would win the shootout. So. <laughs> Dude, what an antiquated sport. I can't stand it. Like you're on your like pins and needles. I'd be like, when, when do the refs want to say it's, it's, it's enough. Like, yeah, it's, that's it's annoying. I went one and three. I'm sorry, guys. I did try the stupid baseball. I, I, We're you not know, counting I, the UFC. Fuck that. Listen, listen to me. First of all, you came up with some, you, you brought some uncorrect info. I guess incorrect is how normal people say it. All right. But you about know, the UFC. Drunk, yeah. I don't know what I was talking about. No, but <laughs> about like you said that it was their first match and that <laughs> Prowier or whatever the fuck his name is was one to know. No, McGregor already beat him once. I'm saying McGregor's definitely winning because they want money. It's going to make a rubber match and out the window that went. Yeah. But nevertheless, four and for this side of things here. I gave you that. I'm telling you, that first half spread on the Bucks. I Taste said it. they were going to come out hot like they you never t- came out before. Boom. I think they were up 20 or 15 and a half, whatever. Yeah, White man. Sox, let's keep riding them. If there was a White Sox game tomorrow, I'd tell you, roll with it. <laughs> I gave you Red Sox as well did you. That was your W. And uh, I told you to bet that over 11 and what was it at? 12 in the fucking fourth inning? Come yeah, on, boys. Wind up going to, what, 18 or something. So, yeah. Yo, how how the future Cy Young Vince Velasquez do again? Oh, <laughs> right. shelled. Okay. Yeah, just like you said. He did get shelled. Like yeah, you're a right, fucking brother. mortar and. Uzbekistan. Anyway, um, what are we going to drink tonight, David Woody? We like to tell everybody what we're kind of dipping our toes into. What, what do you got, brother? Shout out to the uh, Trogues Brewing Company. You had one of theirs um, either uh, last week or two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, Nimble Giant last week. Good luck it gave me. This is the uh, Haze Charmer, which is a really nice... Oh, sticking um, with Trogues. Yeah, sticking with the Trogues. It's, um, I've had one of theirs on here before, but this is a more a tame... We're not trying to go crazy. It's a five and a half percent. Speak for yourself, brother. <laughs> but it's a uh, it's really hazy and it's it's very refreshing and nice. It's not too hoppy and it's not real strong either. It's good. 
beautiful thing. And another place you heard from uh, on the show before and from me personally, Southern Tier Brewery. We're going to rock a little eight days a week. It's a blonde ale. Always been more of a, uh, a brunette guy myself. However, Brondale's been hitting me nice. 4.8 APV, and it goes down the hatch sweetness. As the Woodman said, big ups to Trogues for the retweet and the like on the on the uh, Twitter post. That jumped the sharp, ladies and gentlemen, once again. Um, but you know what? Like, there's, something's, something's going to have to be talked about when it comes to the Open Championship coming up here. Okay. Let's get let's get into. We're gonna this, get right man. into golf. We're gonna get right into golf, and it's gonna take. It's gonna be the meat and the potatoes of this episode. And fucking a, if we aren't pumped as a little kid on Christmas, <laughs> we have our boy coming back from the Pick the Pup podcast at Pick the Pup, and our boy Andy Lack is here at ADP Lack Sports. Andy, what's up, brother? Gentlemen, how's it going? It's great to be here. It's great Thanks, to man. be here. It's so good to have you back. I don't think. And all respect to all the other guests we've had on the show prior, but I mean, we had some awesome ass feedback about you yeah. when we did our U.S. Open preview. Everybody enjoyed it. A mix of like uber inf- information and super entertaining. And it's just the way you go about it. We really appreciate your time because I know you don't have much to give and you've been given it. You said what? Your ninth pod in two days or something like Th- that? This is my seventh. Yeah, this Crazy. is my seventh. It, it's not typically that much but for the major championships there are about four weeks a year where it's pretty crazy um and this is one of them but anytime for you guys are you kidding Dude, me it's awesome 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 everybody I loves shout you, out man. i appreciate your shout out on your show and uh, you know before we get going here i got to give you a heads up our boy jump the sharp alum at joe o'brien's brain on twitter joe o'brien one of the uh founders and uh amazing talents on the uh, Glass Cannon Network, Glass Cannon Podcast, live show in Philly Thursday night. Tickets still available, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing this right now. Glass Cannon Network, the single best role-playing gaming podcast or just entertainment to be found in the world. And that is not just me being biased. That is literally the case by data <laughs> and do-re-me coming into those motherfuckers. But a uh, big, big shout out to them. He texted me because I texted him about... 20 minutes before going live here, my man. And I said, just giving you a, just giving you a, sh- uh, a heads up, your boy Andy Lack's going to be on our show tonight. And he said, holy shit, love it. I'm, I'm reading this. <laughs> I could actually put it up here. He said, and no bullshit, I just placed my first golf bet ever about an hour ago. <laughs> oh, my Tell God. I listened to his beginner pod because of your show. And literally an hour ago, he put a half unit on Troy Merritt to finish in the top 30 to get his feet wet. You know, but interesting. Uh, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about Troy Merritt this week. It's fucking awesome. I'd be fascinated to know the logic that got him on Troy Merritt. I'd there isn't any, which is awesome. <laughs> like there's like he like this name. His one of the other co-founder of the glass uh, glass cannon pod is Troy. His name's I, Troy, so that's probably I why. Why he it. specified a half unit? <laughs> he, oh, he went a half, unit. a half unit. Yeah, which for him means like a silver dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. But um, I also wanted to give a heads up. Not only are you a PGA uh, 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 a golf guy, but uh, and and you recently got on board Rotoballer. So mm-hmm. we're doing some football that. stuff too. Yeah, you're going to be doing some NFL contributor now. Before we get in, I just was curious because I didn't ask you last time. Uh, what kind of NFL content do you plan on doing, or or are you already doing some? So primarily for Rotoballer, it is they're more of a fantasy site. 
So the stuff that I've I've written a couple fantasy articles for them, but my strength in the NFL, I mean, I can do fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, but my strength in the NFL or, or my passion is more geared towards betting. Awesome. Um, so I, I'm hoping to do more betting stuff for them, and I'm hoping to potentially get a betting feed um, on my podcast as well for the NFL season, even if it's just a weekly pick show. So I've got some of that stuff in the works well, as well. If you need anybody to give some picks, you got two people here that went 60% last oh, year. Oh, let's go. NFL. You know what let's I'm saying? Let's go. But um, folks, we're here because of the Open Championship, the British Open. Uh, I don't know. Like, is it not called the British Open over there? Like, we call it the USO? Like, what? Listen, what? I mean, look, I call it the British Open for SEO purposes because all of the Americans that are trying to discover this tournament for the first time and discover content about it they're not typing in the open open cha- yeah. the open championship the closed so championship there are people that will um the, the open truthers that will get on you for calling it the british open but i think for content purposes i think it's okay to call it the british open all right so let's let's, let's uh, get down to business as mr flair would say it's time to start talking some golf ladies are you here for some golf listen we're gonna get to some nba we, we look andy ain't he's not an amateur on that either but we're gonna talk uh well at least when it comes to the Knicks, maybe the oh, we'll man. see. But <laughs> I mean, uh, I, you know, I consider myself a typical crass um, American, and I found these odds by Googling British Open. Odds. Damn so, sure. You know, think, yeah. Of course. Yeah. The, so the, the the British Open, as we will probably just call it for the rest of the show, if that's all right. The, it typically brings kind of like a new animal to the table for most golfers in the form of uh, just kind of like the general topography and of the course and, and the weather. It looks like I checked. I, I did some write up on some stuff last night, so I might be a, a, a day off. But as of last night, it looked like rain wasn't really going to be an issue at all, hmm. which which is kind of, quote unquote, nice for that tournament, because normally there's wet stuff uh going on i caught your 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 show a couple shows i didn't catch the one that came out i believe earlier today Mm -hmm. but i did catch the dfs and all that and you were talking about how uh i guess it was when maybe darren uh, maybe it was last in 2019 i forget but like one round you were kind of screwed based on where you your time was 2016 royal troon that yeah the phil mickelson henrik stenson year yeah so basically what happened was the people later in, in the tea times got kind of dicked around because it started pouring or was it earlier? Or? I I don't remember which wave it was, but, but essentially that can have an impact. Yeah, there was one side of the draw that got fine weather and the other side that got wiped out by a monsoon. And, and what ended up happening is uh, the two players that were in the correct draw, which was Phil and Henrik. They finished 11 strokes ahead of of anyone else wow. because half Jesus. the field was just wiped out by uh, the draw. That's crazy. And you can have like 10 to 20, like this, this weekend's going to 10 to 20 mile an hour winds, not going to be foreign for it, but no. in, in former British opens, like you could get up to the 30, the forties, the wind gusts, yeah. right. You know, it's crazy. And we're, but, we're getting there this week. I mean, we're getting to the 26 ish okay. range. Right. It looks like, yeah. So we might have to fight against that, um, which could, you know, maybe influence the way people go here. The course is Royal St. George's in Sandwich, England, Sandwich, England. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh I don't think so. I agree. Wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think so. No. It's no. not. So I'm I don't put this no. out there because I thought about it. Because actually when I heard Sandwich England, I had had that question come in my head and I was like, listen, people say, well, if you get anything between two pieces of bread, it's a sandwich. Oh, okay, fine. I kind of agree with that, but it has to be vertical. Yeah. Like for me, a Philly cheesesteak ain't a sandwich. Well, 
I don't. I don't. I wouldn't call a cheesesteak a sandwich. I call it a goddamn cheesesteak. But, but what about a meatball sandwich? That's not really vertical. You know, a meatball you parm. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's not. I mean, they lay it in there. You know, the bread is like. Uh, this is great radio. It is great radio. As you hold, <laughs> as you cup your hands, <laughs> like you're eating a fucking five dollar foot long. Uh, I'm saying if, if bread's vertical, if if one is parallel above the other piece then you're then it's a sambo listen these are all these semantic debates are all about the meanings of of parsing the meanings of words and and that's a silly thing to argue about because <laughs> language is alive right so you were we're the the words that we use in english are made up all words we don't are made call up. him the professor for nothing there Andy. i had no <laughs> idea where you were going with this <laughs> <laughs> every word is made up so the word sandwich is made up it means whatever the hell you say it means right I, shakespeare used to just make up words when he couldn't find one that works that's what that's what we all do the, the guy is lang- drunk, but there he goes <laughs> language is all made up man it just all doesn't right. matter if it's a sandwich or not a sandwich is whatever you say it is or whatever or whatever somebody else says i appreciate these sentiment but i don't know why you had to get hot about it okay right. just Back off there a little bit. All right. Royal St. George's hosted this event last in 2011. Uh, Northern Irishman took it. Darren Clark, he was victorious. Now, uh, one of the things you were saying, I do like, I, I would just shoot the shit. I always call Goff the links. Like, yo, I'm going to hit the links next weekend. You want to go? Like hey, yeah. let me, let me, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But this, you you were saying on the, on the pod that I was listening to that this is a links course. It's a link. I actually, I'll, I'll put my hands up. I actually don't know the, technical definition of that like what makes this a quote-unquote links course if you don't mind me yeah of course so i think the truest form of a links course which royal saint george's is is uh kind of completely open to the elements right it's like right on the coast um it's not the typical type of course that you see a ton in america Mm, Uh, like a band in dunes maybe is probably the closest you're going to get to it but uh no, it is the primary type of course that you will see kind of on the English coast, a lot more so in Australia as well. And it's basically, I don't know the origin of the term links, but right. uh, a links course is typically defined as kind of on the sea and very exposed to the elements, which is exactly what Royal St. George's is. Sure, for sure. Is St. Andrew's in Scotland like that too? Yeah, same. Okay. absolutely, yeah. That's interesting because I didn't know like that Australia was kind of is, is it kind of the same uh the, layout as a english course in, the, down there the australian sand belt has a lot of similarities so you're you'll hear that a lot with uh, the australians have done very well at the british open before um which is it, there's some weight to that certainly because they grew up playing more courses that are similar to links as opposed to american courses that's awesome Dude, is, that a, think- is that a preview of, of what you're gonna tell us to i'm <laughs> i'm into a few aussies absolutely cool. yeah yeah oh, i'm nice. into a few aussies i have one week, that yeah. i want to talk about too so we'll see um of course, it's super hilly at, at, at points, especially on the on the fairway on seventeenth. I did what I did last time. I don't know if you remember, but I was talking about this U.S. Open like flyover with like a drone. I found yeah, yeah, another flyover cool. of, of St. George's. I don't think it was like necessarily shot this week or whatever, but I got a good idea about it. All I'll say is stay out of the fucking bunkers, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back to our U.S. Open preview, we talked about a bomber would probably win. And Rom won. So yep. there you go. We, we, we were on point with that. The odds were just, they were tough to get behind. They were, very, yeah. very much so. And and Brooksy finished tied for fourth. He's a bomber too. If you were accurate drivers with good iron play would probably be what to look for here, huh? Yes. I, I think that this is a course that, um, 
you can get away with being a little bit shorter off the tee. I think short game is going to be huge. Um, you mentioned the bunkers. I think sand saves is going to be huge. Um, I, I think it also, you know, it's strange with the wind too, because you're going to have holes that they're completely into the wind and it's going to play like a 600 yard hole. And then the wind's going to shift and it's going to be downwind and you're going to be able to drive the green. Uh, so I think distance helps it anywhere, but if there's more so a course, especially compared to like Torrey Pines, where you can get away with being a little shorter and a little craftier and a little more creative around the greens, I think this right. is kind of the spot. Do you have a favorite? Like, this just popped in my head while you were talking about that, because this has to be probably out of the majors, each year probably the most interesting, um, because Masters is on the same course every year. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open PGA are, you know, played in, in, the, in the United States, and very I, very little do we see a course like this anywhere. Well, not at all, probably in the United States. Do you look forward to the British Open every year as like something funky, oh, or do you like? Oh, big time! And yeah. like, I mean, it's the one drawback of the British Open is is that it's for guys like me, it's maybe the most difficult week of the year because I'm going to give a bunch of great information, and if my guys get screwed by the draw and weather comes in, none of it matters. Yeah, uh, that's true. That so it's tough in that sense, but at the same time, like. It's such a fun tournament. It's so different from everything that we see on a week-to-week basis on the PGA Tour. Like, I watch golf every single week. It's like these guys are going to Mars. I mean, it, just visually, <laughs> it's so it's so different from what you get to watch, and that's that's ton of fun. Yeah, that is, uh, that's a good point. Um, let me ask you a question. Give me some bombers who, because I, I got a little bit of a different idea about this. Me personally. Look, I'm mm-hmm. by far a novice at best when it comes. But I've been watching, like you said, you're watching golf every week. I've been watching golf every week this season. I don't know what happened. I've always loved golf. But now get, it's like. You're getting older. I'm getting older. Yes. I'm pr- <laughs> like, my wife is like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm I, I'm waiting for my dinner. And he's sitting there practicing a swing in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I hit the course twice a year. And I'm sitting there just doing making sure my left arm's straight the whole nine. But I've been watching a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, and I'm loving it. Like, I look forward to almost every round. I've even been watching, like, Golf Channel coverage previews on Mondays. Like, wh- why? Well, who does that? But me right now. But <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm, so things are coming to my mind about each tournament now that we're getting a major, and this is probably the most interested I've ever been in the British Open. I'm curious after doing my own kind of research, I'm mm-hmm. kind of giving myself a little bit of a – okay, now you might have an idea what you're talking about based on the money I've made so far this year and heads up from you for a lot of that. But I am feeling like some of these bombers actually, I I think a bomber is going to win this tournament. I really think that a lot of these bunkers in the fairways are carryable, Mm -hmm. if that's a word. But I want to know if there, if you, off the top of your head, if there are any bombers who are like clutch putters or have an above average short game, maybe from like within the 100 to 120 yard distance. Like, does anyone come to mind? Because I think a bomber takes this one. I really do. Well, it's your guy, Brooks. I mean, Brooks has probably the most underrated short game and putting stroke in the game. Um, obviously, we know he hits it very far. But I mean, if you look at how Brooks wins majors, it's it's not just because he's driving it past everyone else. It's because he's sinking clutch eight footers and he's getting up and down from everywhere. I don't know if you guys remember the I want to say the 2018 Open at Shinnecock, which is not a British Open. But I mean, it's as close as you can yeah. get to a links course in the U.S. And it was super windy. And everyone was missing greens and Brooks was getting up and down and making eight footers. And that's how he won. (laughs) So Brooks would be the guy that comes to mind for me. 
That's fucking awesome you said that because mine, I'm, I'm going to jump a couple bullet points in my side notes here. Who do I like? My favorite pick. I'm a, I'm a Brooks guy. I, I already put a significant chunk on him. Brooks is my number one. I had him at plus 1,800. Uh, I think you can find him. Probably that's probably the best you'll find him right now. I, I think, think that's the best. I think yeah. like the market rate's around 15 right now. Yeah. So 15, 16 ish. Um, you know, the fairways seem really wide, pretty straightforward mm-hmm. holes, I think. I, there's not like a ton of dog legs or this, that, or the other. The seventh hole has Eagle written all over it. Mm-hmm. I just, so let me give you a little bit of the, uh, a heads up on why Brooks. Seven of the last eight open winners have a top 20 finish in early majors in the season. Brooksy tied for fourth at the U.S. Open, tied for third in the PGA. 14 of the last 15 open winners have finished in the top nine or better in the previous British Open. Brooksy tied for fourth in the 2019 British Open. I'm on board, man. I'm really on board. I actually, the the latest episode of yours that I heard, um, you, you, you dig Spieth. And as a non-bomber, he's my go-to too. But I think the Woodman might have a bomber he likes. Do you have a bomber? Well, I always, I'm always just tempted to take, uh, you know, uh, talent over um, situation, you know, like in just in general. So like, uh, like even in, like we were, uh, we were talking about fantasy football. Like that's Brian knows that's my thing. Like I'd rather have the really super talented player who is on a terrible team. You're betting on the upside. Yeah, I am. Because, well, I also just think that in sports, like sometimes an individual can just transcend the situation um, with, with this superior talent. They'd have to be crazy good though. Right. So you can't take it too far, you know? Um, But uh, so (laughs) I think I I know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, think, uh, Dustin Johnson was until recently the the number one golfer in the world. I'm pretty sure, and mm-hmm. maybe this course isn't like tailor made for him, and maybe the wind shears will will be hell on him, and I don't know what else. And so he hasn't. I don't know. Uh, how, you could tell me, Andy, how long has it been since he won something big? It's probably been a bit now, but like he's really good. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm just betting on talent, and like, I do like the odds, right? I've I've got him at. Uh, a 2500 which is pretty oh, good for you i don't know anyway please your thoughts um i like it so he's the drift guy and always beware of the drift guy because you're right he is the number one player in the world and those odds he's not being priced like the number one player in the world for example like xander shoffley is ahead of him in the betting market dustin has got that drift to 25 to 1 by midweek um so you know, I think there it, it means that no one's betting on him in a sense. Yeah, but it also means like he's a great leverage play in DraftKings. A lot of the time it's these guys like it's never the most obvious. guy. That's my biggest trepidation with Spieth is that <laughs> Spieth just checks so many boxes for me. So many that it got to the point where I was just like, I was trying to think of times where it was this obvious. Right. On one hand, it's like it would almost be insulting to my process if I didn't bet Spieth. And on the other hand, it's like, it's just not that obvious. And DJ is kind of the forgotten man of the, of the top elites. I would say, actually, I thought you were going to go Bryson with this. Cause Bryson is really the guy that everyone's saying can't compete on links golf. DJ has finished second here at this course. Yeah, he, in he was, was going to win one, yeah, right? It was and a then decade he ago, it. but still, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, so he's got experience there. He understands the course. He was in contention, should okay. have possibly, quote unquote, won, but he, I believe he shanked one in the OB. And, uh, Correct. Darren that Clark is, came. That is 10 years ago. I mean, it's a while, right? Sure, but he also was like a, a you know, a, a small pop back then. You look, it doesn't even look like him right now. I think he's actually a better player now than he was mm-hmm. as an early 20 year old or whatever it was. But, um, I wanted to ask you, cause I don't mean to be on my own soapbox this whole time. We got you here and I just want to hear, hear, hear you rock and roll. <laughs> you called Spieth, dude. I don't know if you remember this and you probably don't. Uh, when you were on the show last time we did our U S open preview, you called Spieth about the open. Then you were yeah. saying something here yeah. and there and you're like, well, Spieth is the open is like a guarantee. Like not yeah. that he's going to win, but that, that you should have action on this guy. Talk about him a little bit and why. Like he, you said, he hits on all these points. And I'm looking over his stats last night, and he does. He's he's like all the quality shit someone would need for battling the elements in the British Open, like the the the, the putting. You know, you you know all the terminology and all, but like th- this guy seems to be top ten in all the particulars. Correct, he is. So I for all the key stats that I looked at this week, which was like. Uh, bogey avoidance, kind of putting from five to ten feet, ten feet, scrambling, strokes gained in windy conditions, stuff Look like that. <laughs> yeah, You're not finding that... that anywhere else besides Andy Lack, baby. <laughs> no, all that stuff. Yeah. So he was the only player in this field that rated out in the top twenty in every single one of them. I made a couple different models. I did a couple different handmade models this week too because you you got to think a little you did, outside you did of the box. British Open dioramas? Yeah, I did a, yeah, they're hanging <laughs> behind me. Yeah. Um so so they he was one but by, by like a a lot, by a sizable margin in in a, everything. Can't be uh, that easy. Can it, it it can't be that easy. Um yeah, you know, I I, I bet him at 20 to 1. Nice. Um, I feel as the week has gone on and I've seen that, you know, I, a lot of the stuff that I do, um, it's not some giant secret, right? Like I I go very in depth, but at a very surface level, it's not going to take, you know, a genius to figure out that Spieth's game works very well with an open championship. He's won one before and finished in the top 10, two other times. Um, he kind of is perfectly tailor-made for the open. So yes, uh, the steam that he has gotten, terrifies the shit out of me um and that's why i kind of like i have some other stuff spread out that i feel pretty confident about that if speed totally bombs on me um it could still be a a great week for me but i just got to a point with speed where it was like how bad am i gonna feel if he does win and i just say no because he's like i i'll never i'll i'll never forgive myself no it's not like your boy xander where you'd be like i'm just happy for the cat you know you like him going in, right? Yeah, I love Xander. I always love Xander. Um, it, he is he is kind of the other guy that I'm looking at between him and Brooks. And okay, oh it, really? I didn't know you're on. I don't know if you mentioned that on the pod that dropped today, but like, so yeah, so I, I that makes me feel better. Okay, okay, good, good. No, I yeah. love Brooks. I have nothing, and I'm using him in DraftKings. Brooks is a great play this week. Mm-hmm. Xander. You know, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the putting stuff with him. Um, he went to this different putting grip for the U.S. Open. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Everyone panned him. Everyone says it was the dumbest decision of his life. Why would you switch before the U.S. Open? Because he hit the ball really well. I was there. I watched him. He was one of the best in the field from tee to green. Missed every putt. That's how, we, you know, why he finished seventh or whatever. Um, so he switched back. He went back. He said, I'm going back 
to old reliable. I'm Nixon to arm lock. I'm over it. And Listen to all this meta that actually happens in golf, like this meta game stuff. Like it's his fucking grip on yeah. his putter. Like it's insane. This shit that we don't think about. It's but it crazy. Matters. It probably matters a lot. It it matters a lot. There is some crazy stats out there. I don't have them in front of me, but if you look at his strokes gained putting when he made the switch versus when he didn't, so he made the switch mid tournament in the tournament last week, and he putted like shit on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> And then he made the switch Holy and he cut it great on Friday and Saturday. So how I have talked myself into Xander this week is All right. he's never, he's never hit the ball better in his life. I, I, I have a million numbers to prove that, but just trust me on that. He's never hit the ball better in his life. <laughs> and I think he went to his putting coach and I think he said, you know what, man, I'm not squandering this one. We can table the arm lock. We're going to go back to the arm lock in the, in the off season. I'm going back to old reliable. I'm not Sounds losing. like we're talking UFC again. I'm not losing another tournament. I'm not losing another tournament because of my putting. I'm making the most of this opportunity. So I think Xander's going to be right there. I think he's going to be there. I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he's going to be right there. And, and you're pumped for him because, like you say, like I don't need to put money to be happy of Xander. He's my guy. Like, he's, he's my guy. Boy. He's your yeah. boy. Um, that's awesome, man. Real quick, the ROM at like plus 700, plus 800, and then no one else until I guess it's Brooks at like plus 17 or whatever. Why is he so out in front? It's unbettable, right? But we, said, we said that at the U.S. Open, and look what happened. Oh, that's true. That's the really tough thing about it is he has reached a point. It's not quite Tiger-esque. Um, Tiger was going off in some of these majors at, you know, plus 100 plus 150 Jesus Christ oh in his heyday absolutely he would get he would get out to a lead and he would be like minus 250 to win a tournament with 156 other players in it insane yeah in insane stuff um so yeah the rom I've been priced out of rom I think most players have been priced out of rom yeah, I I'm think, priced out I think conventional and it's so the craziest thing about golf too is golf betters are the only people in the world that stick their nose up at eight to one like that's a great fucking hit <laughs> yeah, no if I, I hit if I hit eight to one on like a parlay it's a great fucking hit <laughs> of course golf betters are like no nah, I can't do that dude it's like <laughs> no my nose is way up in the air yeah. and I'm a novice but I'm like fuck that dude come on give me something better. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. I love but, this. I mean, um, I'm sorry to go back to something before. I just didn't want to interrupt. But the the, okay. Zan, the Xander thing with the with the tiny adjustment, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to pr- prattle on too long about it, but I could go. I, it was just like a million uh, examples of fr- different sports coming to my mind. But the, the most recent example that comes to my mind is, is another Xander, which is Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts is hitting 321 sure. this year because he added a little hitch, a little, a little hitch in his like – like when he's like, no, he's he like, added a new grip to his bat. He cheated. Come on now. <laughs> no, he takes like a little, a little half of a, to- like almost like a toe tap that he didn't used to do. And, and it made it. all the difference. He's got the balance. He's, he's, sees the ball better. He feels more comfortable. He times everything better. It just, it just works. And, and sometimes that's all it takes. And, and putting is such a mental thing and hitting in baseball is a big mental thing. Oh, and sure. I think, I think it could just be as simple as that. I'm definitely throwing some money on this Xander guy for sure. Oh, Dude, let's go. Let's go, baby. I'll tell you what. Yo, thanks for bringing up some baseball there, Woodman. Yo, who gave a plus 500 Pete Alonzo to win the uh, home run derby contest? That was such a good night? call by you, dude. That's right. Dude, I'm on fire. Come on, folks. Let's rock and roll together. Make some dough. Now, let me get into some a uh, little bit of a longer shot kind okay. of guy that I like okay. that I did hear you 
mention actually on the pod. Um, and he was kind of already in my mind and it's just strictly based on putting. And I like Webb Simpson a little bit. Okay. Me too. Not a lot of people do. Yeah, I do like him. And I got him at plus 6,500. So he's been like, if you, I looked at a couple DK, the DraftKings had him at like 4,500. Uh, I'm not sure if I got him on FanDuel at 6,500 or Fox bet, but I got him at fucking 6,500 and I was pumped about it. So uh, put like, you know, five bucks to win, whatever, but 300 and some dollars. But I just, I dig his approach to at least the greens here because they're super awkward. And I think that he is uh, on a more of an upper echelon than other people to be able to navigate things like this. So I'm happy to hear that you dig them too. And wh- what do you think? So yeah, in in the the model that that's hanging right behind me, uh, the model that I made, <laughs> uh, Web Web rated out incredibly well for me. He's like he's sweet he's fifth overall um, out mm. of all golfers in this entire field. Which I mean, if you talk about sixty six to one, sixty five to one, that's incredible value. You hit all the nails. He kind of has that speed esque game where the short game's awesome. You trust him over an eight footer. Um, it's a shorter course where, you know, he's not going to compete at a course like Tory where it's 7,600 yards. Right. And if you miss the fairway, you're hacking a five hour iron out of thick rough. This is more of a, this is more of a Webb Simpson course. He's had some pretty decent success at British opens before. So I'm all over it, man. I like that play a lot. I'm Beautiful. probably a little more squeamish on his chances to win, but I'm using him in yeah. DraftKings. I'm probably going to play some uh, top 20 or something like that on him. I think that's a, I think you're on the right track this week, man. Beautiful, man. And, I can and- tell you've been, I, yes. you're more into it this time. You're more, I can just, <laughs> I can tell that like you've kind of caught the bug a little bit since we last Dude, spoke. It might as well be the the nineteen COVID nineteen bug for golf because <laughs> I am like popping and popping at every instant I can get. I can see um, the gears turning and like the steam coming out of the ears, man. You know, I'm a derelict, so like if I can find something to bet on, I will. But when I fall in love with it, then I really want to know more about it. Like mm-hmm. what, what Woodman was talking about with fantasy, like him and I are just fantasy football fanatics. But Me too. I've never I got like. I've never got like that with any other sport. I do enjoy fantasy hockey and fantasy basketball and stuff like that, but I just never, ever got into it. Like I, I live, eat, breathe the whole nine when it comes to fantasy football. Um, fa- dude, fantasy golf is really intriguing to me. It's one that's been, yeah, it's been making me money. Cause I, like I told you last time, like I kind of direct it uh, in a couple ways. I like to try and do, it's really hard for me right now to be able just to put a big chunk of money on some guy to finish top 10. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm totally old school where it's like, well, Webb Simpson plus 65, you know, 65 to one to win it, but he's uh, 13 to one to finish top 15 or whatever. It's like, you know, I'm a gambler at heart. Let me go with the 65 <laughs> to one option. But then I'll, I'll kind of target like the Saturday rolling into Sunday or the Friday sometimes rolling into Saturday and just seeing who's hot and who I just think has the gall to stay in it or maybe make a move. And I've been winning with that. Like the, the Hideki one for the masters, maybe some dough stuff like that. I just kind of saw it coming. So but, are, um, are you doing DraftKings or more like season long fantasy stuff? I'm doing just like live betting. Okay. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm just oh, jumping right. in and seeing like, like, Oh, this guy had like, like a lot of times I I'll stay off the guys that they roll in a Saturday at the leaderboard, but they had a seven under to now be eight under and leading the tournament. Like, nah, he's not doing seven under again. I'll take yeah. the guy who was minus four, minus four or minus four, minus three. And in second place and at plus seven fifty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, stuff like yeah. That. No, no, no. I, I, there's, that's an incredibly profitable and you can even get deeper into it where you look at the guys that are just making every putt. 
that's probably going to regress sure. versus the guys that are hitting the shit out of the ball and not making sure. the putts. Yeah. Big time. And uh, is there anybody else that you kind of like Jones in? Because I, I, like I said, I like to leave people. And apparently, we had some some flyover to your show based on our show, which is awesome. Please support this dude. He's fucking awesome, and he knows what he's talking about. Obviously, but go listen to Pick the Pup. Go support him at Rotoballer. Uh, Going to be doing some NFL content as well. Really cool. But I don't want you to give like show you all your cards. But is there anybody else that you kind of like? look out for or maybe just some dfs stuff because you say you like to do dfs i'm sure people listen to the show do dfs too is there anybody else you want to just put your eye on i like i like cam smith are you guys familiar with cam smith well he, is he the one that just won he he has won this season he won okay. uh he won at, at in new orleans a team event in new orleans but he's a guy who has similar odds to Webb. he's i got him at 70 to 1 He's an Australian. Like we talked about, he's just a guy who's good in the wind. He's like the number three bunker player in the world. Uh, so I, I like him in this spot. I like his ability to kind of navigate himself around if the conditions get element or if the el- the conditions get tough and we see the elements really get to these guys. For I, think sure. there's, I think there's two kind of schools of thought, which is you want to play guys that you want in your corner if the conditions are absolutely brutal and the wind really picks up and it's a monsoon and and that's someone like Jordan Spieth obviously comes to mind at the top. Cam Smith is a it can't is, be that easy, right? He keeps it, coming up. Yeah, I know. Cam Smith is a lower end <laughs> option. But also like there's this also school school of thought where I'm not convinced it's going to be brutal. I mean, sometimes British Open like guys win the British Open at fifteen under all the time. There I mean, <laughs> there's a chance that we yeah, wake right. up yeah, there's a chance that we wake up on on Thursday morning and and the first words you hear out of the commentators' mouths are surprisingly benign conditions today. You know, so yeah, anything can happen. And I think the general strategy that you want to have this week is you kind of want your bases covered. Um, Cam Smith is a guy that I like if it gets brutal, um, mm. just because his short game's so good. I have some other guys that I think it could play into their hands more if it's a little easier. But like I said, with the British open, it's such a crap shoot, man. I think the best way to approach it is you just want to have your bases covered with all these kind of different types of players. Cause no one knows it's going to happen. Big time. Can, can I interrupt with a question? Absolutely. Of course. And as long as could, it's for me, it could be to either of you, but I think Andy, probably no, knows the answer. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it could be for either of you. Um, Cause you've both been betting on a lot of golf tournaments this year, I believe. Um, and in Andy's case, many previous years, uh, Right. So do they offer on like DraftKings and FanDuel a cash out if your long shot pick to win is up on like Sunday morning? I, I, I've heard of that before. I have been offered cash outs. Yeah. But normally it's because the guy I bet on was, was doing well and then started shit in the bed and then I jumped on to check it. But there has been a cash out option, so I'm assuming that it would be like other instances for other sports where they would, you know, say you bet on Rom at plus eight hundred and he's up five strokes heading into Sunday, that they would say like, you know, here's here we'll give you seventy percent of your yeah. winnings, which um, you will never take. I know, but, that's um, not my style. That's homie. not your style. Yeah. But I think a lot of, I mean, especially if it's someone that you had taken at plus, at you know, plus seven thousand. Oh, um, hell yeah. There's people who would, I think, be very interested in taking that. Well, speaking out, of plus 7,000. I, I, I only bring it up because we have some listeners who are, I think, are probably now going to be really interested in, in betting this, and they might not know, so just trying to. 
No, totally, totally. To but you mentioned plus seven thousand. I got a couple people who are plus eight thousand. Andy, I want to give you a heads up here. Okay, okay. Because I heard because also on that one pod I was listening to, you were saying about uh, you know, there's there's a particular guy you go to or two that know their Euro guys, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember, but I was telling you I got I got a newborn. Father okay. of three. Congratulations. I'm, thank you. I've been up early with, with the little lady. Oh, you're going to uh, love this week, Dad. W- yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I get to watch that live mm-hmm. uh, and, instead. But I've been watching Eurogolf as much, if not more, because I'm up at 5, 6 in the morning, and I'm watching guys who are already on the fourth, fifth hole that are the last pairing or whatever. But I've been watching a ton. And yeah, because you remember, I told you my boy Higo, I, yeah. I picked him for the Masters, and then I got him for the one he won. He's my boy. I like him. He's plus eight eight thousand. I'm not necessarily like liking him in this tournament. I just he's my boy, so I'm going after him. But I want to give you another heads up on a, on a, on an Aussie guy. Okay, I bet I know who it is. He's been hot lately. He he started off the European Tour this year hot, then kind of faded off. But he's been on fire heading the Open. A victory two weeks ago in fourth place last week. Lucas Herbert. Interesting. Okay, I like Lucas Herbert. That's a good. Th- see, this guy's he's get he's it's make he's throwing out Lucas Herbert at me. I love that. <laughs> yep. Okay, Herbert. Yeah, Herbert's a good player. He, you know, I have a d- more difficult time with the Euro guys because the database that I primarily use for my statistics is uh, PGA Tour stuff. So yeah, right. when I when I get with these Euro guys. I kind of have to scavenge a little bit more, but everything I've heard from Herbert has been pretty great stuff. I know he's uh, won recently on the Euro tour and I think yep, he's had like a, ago, bu- yep. I think he's a bunch of top fives too um, recently. And all of, I listened to a couple Euro guys to get the most updated Euro stuff um, when I'm kind of wading into those waters and the two guys that they gave out, it was Aaron Rye and I think Herbert was the other one. So oh, nice. I think I Holy think you're, yeah, I think you're barking up the right tree with uh with the Herbert pick. That might be a guy I'll go top twenty and see if I can make what plus sure. five hundred with you know what I mean? That'd be sure. fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. But um any kind of long shots he got, like super long shots. <sighs> you know, I think there are a lot of guys that um are going to have a very good chance to play well here. The farthest that I'm going down on the odds board is Smith at 70 to one. Um, there are a bunch of guys above 150 to one that I'm, I'm playing top 20 I'm playing top 10, whatever. But I think, I think people are going to be thrown off the scent a little bit of the idea that Darren Clark, this, you know, 85 year old (laughs) random guy won this tournament. Oh, it's a total crapshoot. If you actually look at it, like eight of the last 10, British Open winners were in the top 40 in the world. This tournament has been dominated by elite players. Um, Darren Clark was the extreme outlier uh, to that situation. So did you see him warming up? I saw him today warming up. It was like Darren Clark ate Darren Clark. Yeah, he's playing, huh? That's (laughs) (laughs) hey, I do it, too. I would do no, it too. For sure. Um, I love it. Uh, but yeah, no, he's not one of the guys that I have uh, earmarked for that. I like <laughs> I like Keegan Bradley a little bit. You can get him as high as 150 to one. Tell um, me you have two dollar bet on that motherfucker. Yeah, That's he's awesome. a, he he's one of the guys that we Still talked about you. where where if the conditions get a little bit easier and it turns kind of more into a ball striking fest instead of this crazy scramble fest. Well, Keegan's one of the best iron players in the world, and you can get him at one hundred and fifty to one. So I like nice. that. Wow. Um, also, no, I said I like bombers, so I just picked like the, this dude's a bomber. He's not a terrible golfer. He's younger, 
Gary Woodland's at plus it's a 180, one, 180 to one. He's at plus 18,000. So like, he's not going to probably win the British open, but someone to look at. Like for me, it's, I, I put, I put two bucks on him to win three sixty. like whatever. Let's yeah, have some, those fun, are you ridiculous know? odds on a guy who's won the U S open recently. I mean, you know Woodland's I mean? a good player. Yeah. I like and, that. And, and if I'm, if my sniffing out about the bomber might win this one, you know, why not take one of the, what top five probably longest hitters off the tee right yeah now? he's up there i mean he's yeah. i could pull it up but i definitely top good. 10 in driving distance it's all good um woodman do you have any like like any cappers you want to talk about with golf or british open any questions for our boy here who's just killing <laughs> it again i deferred to the experts i uh i think i i'm shot all my questions out already well That's are you in on dj like did you did you like enough what you heard from me about dj are you going to place that bad or are you, there's more trepidation now you're kind of more on the xander or brooks train no no i i, I well first of all i already placed the bet before we got on here okay good. Um, and, and now then, you're upset about it no i'm kidding no i'm not upset about it and i and i and I think I might double down. <laughs> Shut up. No, I think I might double down and do like um, another, um, I don't know, like another one for him to finish top 10 or something. You know? Sure. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Now, uh, real quick, because we talk about, and obviously everything I'm shooting out of my mouth is about who's going to win. Win, win, win. And just the derelict in me. Win, win, win. <laughs> um, it's very DFS, DFS approaches to golf. Is that based, like, do you change that based on the actual course, the tourney, like we talked about, like, uh, or is it just, is, is there a different approach where it's like, okay, when you go into DFS, you have this amount of money, just do your best with the best players to fit a, you know, a salary cap, or does it have to do with other elements? It's all game theory because, so it's about ownership and creating leverage. So for example, like I bet Jordan Spieth at 20 to one to win this tournament, 26% of people that are playing DraftKings this week projected are going to put Jordan Spieth in their lineup. So I'm not going to put Jordan Spieth in my lineup, right? Because, you know, Rory McIlroy, maybe I think 10% of people are putting him in their lineup. So, you know, is Jordan Spieth two and a half times more likely to outperform Rory McIlroy? Probably not. He's probably maybe 1.25 times more likely to perform Rory better than Rory McIlroy, but you have to think about uh, leverage based on ownership. So it's kind of a For different sure. game with the game theory stuff. Awesome. Beautiful. And, and yeah, Woodman, and you're a DFS of, guy. So. I was going to say, that's certainly true of DFS in every sport. Everything yes. you just said, everything you just said applies to every sport. It's, it's it, the it, approach you should take. It is yes. absolutely the approach you should take. And it's what the pros do is that they look, they first look at the ownership and then they, and then they consider other factors such as, um, Okay, within this range of price, who you know, does my models think yep. is going to do the best? Right, it's a bank but, for but the that's buck the second thing. That's that's this is crucial to, to like uh, amateur people who are thinking about doing this for the first time. That's the second thing. The first thing is ownership. Mm-hmm. Big time. Are you guys um uh, weekly fantasy NFL players like DraftKings fantasy NFL players, or more so season long? I'm a season long guy. I'm, I've never really been that good at weekly. Uh, I used to do a podcast for an outfit out of Vegas. It's now defunct where I would do a show for DFS every week. And I actually won okay. like two out of the 10 weeks, um, like finished first in that motherfucker. But it was a, a, uh, from the gray, a grassroots DFS program that didn't work out. 
Uh, and they, they caught wind of my podcast. I was like, hey, you want to do a podcast for us? And I said, sure. And it would be like 50 people in it. I wanted a couple of weeks out of like 10. More or less, the the people I would look at would do well. But it was like the bangers. Like, okay, yeah, I found two guys that was really worth the money. But then the ones that I was like, yo, pay up for these guys because they're going to perform, didn't. You know what I sure. mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I yeah, find yeah. that too much of a crapshoot, even though as, as I talk about me being this big time gambler and derelict and all, I do find DFS actually be more of a crapshoot than me just fucking bet or playing regular d- weekly fantasy. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm more uh, into it than he is, I think. So yeah, I, I definitely, definitely have play every weekend and, you know, have um, in my lifetime won quite a few, you know, larger pots and stuff. Um, I like to play those uh, for NFL. I love the $3 games. I think mm-hmm. they're so great because they the top prize is usually like one hundred fifty thousand, and then you know it scales down from there. But I I've often finished yeah, I can finish like within the top fifty or something like that and get a couple grand. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Golf's and the same it's way. A, it's a yeah. great feeling, nice. and yeah, you're you know it's not going to happen every week, but when you do it, it's a great feeling, and um, I love putting together you know maybe five or ten of those three dollar lineups. It's just super fun. And what's well, a great heads up for for Andy because Andy does everything from regular bets to DFS strategies mm-hmm. and everything. So and like he just said, you can make that analogous right to golf. And yeah. Yeah absolutely. Please, please go follow my man at ADP Lack Sports and follow all his outlets and listen. But real quick. That's going to wrap it. Are you cool? Did anything else with the open? No, that's good guys. You want to talk some B ball? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean that's- okay, do you want to talk finals or can I like Ask like one Ben Simmons question. I want you to do that at the end. Okay. I, I need because our 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 loyal listeners are probably like, "Yo, fucking Hollywood, you're on fire. You haven't even given us a pick yet." Yeah, yeah. Go, go. Do fine. Let's do finals. Yeah. Besides the open, which I've given some of my picks and have hopefully been uh, you know backed by our boy Andy Lack here, but nevertheless, uh, let's go ahead and do a little NBA uh, NBA Finals Game Four pick. Now, last week I told you, yo, please. Listen to me. The Bucks are not going to come out slow. They're going to destroy. They are unreal at home in the playoffs in the first half, and they are going to make the Suns their biatches, and they did. Guess what? That would make them 8-1 and one on first-half lines now in their nine playoff games at home. I know where this is going. Where's it going, Woodman? Tell me. You're going to keep it. You're going to say it's going to keep rolling. It ain't keeping rolling, baby. No. As oh. a matter of fact, my pick of the week, because the Suns got embarrassed, and they are a good team. They're really good, dude. And I told you last week, sometimes the stats just smack you in the fucking face over and over and over and over again. And like, look, dumbass, this is the way it's going. Now it's a feel. Now you got to feel it. You got to kind of take it back a little bit and realize if you were the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, you, you had a travel, travel day. Now, look, you've had three days in between the, the or what was it? When was that last game? Sunday night. Yeah. Th- Sunday. Three yeah. days. And, and you're sitting in Milwaukee fuming about how you as supposedly the best team in the NBA as it stands because you're a favorite going into the series just got fucking embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed by yep. a team that always comes out of the shoot at home, especially this year in the playoffs, on fire. You now know how to game plan because you've been there. You've done it. And you will because technically and roster-wise, you are the better team. There also was a superstar by the name of Devin Booker who just played like absolute complete dog shit. So this cat's going to come out on fire. My fate, Believe it or not, I normally give you game bets and I've been giving you half bets. I don't think I've lost a first half bet so far this season or since I've been doing them the last couple of weeks. I'm going with a first quarter bet. Suns first quarter money line huh. plus 124. 
The Suns will be leading heading into uh, quarter number two. I still kind of dig the Suns as the first half bet too, but my bet for this week, my official pick, give me the Suns first quarter plus 124. That's some dough to be made right there. Love it. Yeah, my and my pick is similar. It's just the Suns' money line for the game. It's plus 150. I love it. Oh. I think I think they'll win the game. I think they're the better team. I think, as Brian said, they're embarrassed about the way they lost and, and got um, – uh, I mean, they were, they, were, they were totally trounced. I mean, they were just – they looked – they were outclassed. After winning those first two, I think they're going to come in back with a vengeance. And having three days to just stew in Milwaukee, I, I said Andy last week, I just came back. I was in Wisconsin. I, I saw what they're like in Milwaukee right now. They're, the whole city is like losing their minds about the Bucks, and I'm sure that every place the Suns have gone – to work out, to go have lunch, whatever. I heard it. They heard it uh, for three days. They've been hearing it. I think they're sick of it. I think they're going to come out. They and, also uh, have one of the best leader in sports right now in the name of Chris Paul. He's, he's not going to let them. He's not going to let them come out of the gate looking yeah. like a fucking plate of piss. So that's my pick. Sounds what do you right. think, Andy? What do you? What's your feel on that game in general as a as, as a ball fan? Okay. Okay. So here's I'm with you guys. Like on on gut instinct, it's it's Suns for me. I like the bounce back spot for them. The Bucks are so dependent on these heroic Giannis performances that I mean, yeah. if he's not if he's not raising his level game by game like we're seeing kind of happen, it's 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 really tough for them to maintain unless you get right. that random Middleton game where he just goes crazy. The only thing I'm concerned is so it opened at three and a half, and it's going in the Bucks direction. Yep. Um, it, four I'm and a half now, four, maybe four four uh, some four and a halfs now. But there's the money is is not it the money's pretty even. Yeah, it's um, so a recency I, bias kind of bet. I, I'm those, concerned those nice... that there's respected money on the bucks would be my only concern. I, yeah, it, that seems like a recency bias bet. Like a lot of the public going with it, think, thinking that oh, it's in Milwaukee again. It's going to happen. Like I really, really believe the, the Suns winning. I would bet on, and I will, especially with the Woodman bringing it to the to the table and and you backing it up a little bit, um, but. What I really, really like is to get fucking 1.25 times your money on the Suns actually coming out of the gate hot. And if you notice, I didn't put it totally to the half, Woody, but I do still kind of like the Suns for the half. Hmm. But I wouldn't, I don't like it enough to go money line bet on that. I think it's like plus 140, not bad at all. But if you go and you take the juice or give them the juice at the yeah. plus, at the minus 110, you're only getting two and a half points. I'm not cool with that. So. No, that's I, not enough points. That's not, not worth so, it. But I really like the Suns to come out hot. There's a lot of uh, side bets on on these outlets with like race to eight points, race to fifteen, race to twenty. I would probably, you I love might, them all. <laughs> I might litter that. I might yeah. litter it on the Sun side. But um, real quick, want to do one more thing here. Same game parlay. How about I give a same game parlay for the game on the way out? Do it. And and my man Eddie Lack just hit on something. I'm going to touch on it a little bit here. I'm going to go Suns plus four and a half for the game. Devin Booker over 27 and a half points for the game. Like Motherfucker that. is a young superstar that got embarrassed and will take that shit personally. Okay. I'm going to take Devin Booker over two and a half, three pointers for the game. Hmm. Yeah. Throw in Middleton over 24 and a half points. I know. I know. Boomer bust and been a lot of bust. See earlier when I just said about Devin Booker. Mid- Chris Middleton's not a superstar. I wouldn't put him in superstar range. No. But. I do believe that he will take that shit personally as well. And I do believe that he understands what you just said, where it's, uh, you know, you got Yan Yan over there just doing everything. Who, anybody else here want to show up and actually want to help? I believe that he will do this on home court 
Uh, I still don't think that they win. I think this series is over in five, by the way. But yeah. nevertheless, Middleton over 24 and a half. And then Suns first half. I will take that first half money line on this same game parlay. So Suns plus four and a half. So that's not even Suns money line. Booker over 27 and a half points. Over two and a half threes. Middleton over 24 and a half points. Suns first half money line. That's a plus 1436 home dogs. We sure like that. So I'm on board with that. Um, any, uh, well, okay. Before we get out of here, cause I know your dog's got to go take a big roaring piss. Cause we took you longer than you thought. Well, right? I, I want, I had one Simmons question for you. That's guys. what, this is what okay. we're doing. Okay. I need to hear it. Let's what do we got? It. What do we got? What the fuck is the deal with that guy? <laughs> what the, what the fuck is going on? Like, Dude, what I'm... are we going to do? What? Okay. I'm going to butcher the stat, but it was, it was, I can't remember if it was, in the fourth quarter or in the last five minutes of the game, but no, there no, was there was some quarter. stat where he's taken like four shots. No, in, in, the, in the last three games, he didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter. Like each fourth quarter, they also have to take him out because the They're, other team. Yes, will it's hack, a, unplayable. Hack he unplayable. He became unplayable. They, the, the pussification of this guy is unbelievable for somebody who is supposed to have the best, like one of the most just he's a number one pick. I mean, we a talked about we, we talked about this Andy a little bit on a show, so I don't want to I don't want to go on a long time, but I'll give you this the summary of what we said. Basically, like I was like, I think something is has happened in his brain. Like he, there was that play I've never seen anything like it where he the dish out. Yeah, he drove. I know and, what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> right. I've never seen, and, and in that moment, for that he thing, ran away. Just yeah, and like he's, <laughs> he's just like such an incredible athlete. He's one of the best athletes in the world, and he he doesn't seem to to know that. And uh, I don't know what to do with that. There's an issue when it comes to the drive and ability to want to win or to want to do what you can do to make your team win. And when your drive of that, when you don't have that drive, and not only that, you have the exact opposite where it's like, holy shit, this burning substance is in my hand. I have to pass this hot potato as much as fast as possible. Not only to rid myself of my burning hands, but also the responsibility of being the guy to make something happen. That is a huge issue. And when it's in a city like Philadelphia, and there's this one broad that said like, oh my God, in the Toronto series in 2019, he did this and they were booing him. I guess it was some broad he was dating or something back then. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Like you make $33 million next year. We're paying fucking $300 to go to the game. Like I can do what I want besides actually getting on the court and doing something stupid. But I mean, like I can boo when you don't show up. And- oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Listen, the other issue is like, cause uh, like I, I'm I, Brian and I both kind of had defended him for a while. I think you defended yeah. him last def- time we, we were on. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think that the natural ability is there. Well, he's such a great defender. There's a difference yeah, but- when it comes to the, the, the connections in the head, man. But the other thing is that I said last time, Brian, you remember me saying this, like I, I what I think people forget is that when you have Dikembe Mutombo or you have Dennis Rodman, or you have a player who's a, this incredible defender who doesn't want the ball and is not interested in scoring, so, it can work. If it's a big man, if it's some, it doesn't work. If it's a point guard, it doesn't work. The, the point guard has to have let the alone ball. a six ten point guard that has all the abilities in the world. And, like. and, and, and so they kept having to take him out. Late in the games, it doesn't. That doesn't work. That is a, not a playable. That's like this incredible. He's he could be so great, and he's like literally unplayable. I don't know what you do with it. 
Well, okay. Here's my last question. Straight up. RJ Barrett for Ben Simmons. Who says no? (laughs) I can't do that. Okay. I think we say no. Uh, Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it's a, it's a, it's an understanding of what you have. I like RJ Barrett. I really do. I don't think he's on the tier of a Ben Simmons. Here's the thing. Cause that's funny. Cause I heard you, you you shouted us out on your pod. You're like, I'm going to bring them some trade offers. And you know what I did? Legit. I went through almost every single roster, Andy, in the mm-hmm. league, and I was like, Let, "I want to, I want to have a trade offer to to bounce back at, at my buddy here," and I couldn't come up with one. And that's what's so awkward yeah. about this dude is that what about a million he, pecs for Dame? Yeah, with yeah. a million pecs. Yeah, give 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 Ben and Matisse and everything. Like, I'll get rid of all our defensive players of the year for for Dame. Yeah, mm. you know, it's just what we need because defense doesn't win in the NBA. And Ben's no. a great defensive player. And Matisse Thibel's amazing. But, like, get rid of both of them for fucking Dame. I don't care. Get him here, and let's just see what happens. Like, I'm not a super team fan at all. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting against the Heat like a motherfucker when all that shit was going down. But I'm not saying it works because it doesn't. But it'd be fun to have Yeah, if you got Dame here. Um, He's think a really Tobias, fun player. I think Tobias Harris is one of the – it's so weird. He's one of the best slash worst – third legs in the league yeah he will disappear disappear on a dime yeah but then he'll put up 34 when you just don't need it it's yeah. weird yeah Ugh. probably should have kept uh, butler instead of him huh uh, d- d- dude if we were doing our podcast it'd be on file from <laughs> these oh my God. lips dude god damn <sighs> but and, and dude, I don't know. Simmons is any other trade he's offers? Un, he's untradeable. The, the, he'll still be on the team next year. They, they had uh, they uh, Brogdon him. from from Indiana was like a trade offer that would probably. What be about Sacramento? I feel like Sacramento would take him in a heartbeat. What the Aaron Fox for him or something like? Oh, uh, I don't picks, know if they picks a bunch of picks. I don't, I don't know if they'd give up the Aaron Fox for him. But I think probably they, not. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I they think would. Now there's value, Andy. But, but they have all the. They have a bunch of other assets that they could pair together with a bunch of picks and stuff yeah. like that. I feel like he needs a fresh start. He's going to leave. He won't be a sixer. Yeah. I feel like he, he, he needs a change of scenery. Uh, it has nothing to do with Embiid. I was never on the total, you know, side that they can't play together. Although no, I they enjoyed playing. That wasn't together. the problem. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you guys a hundred percent, but I think him just personally needs a fresh start. And so do we. Yeah. (laughs) And he can be great, dude. Like, if he can get over this, whatever this thing is in his head, he'll be be one of the best players in the NBA for sure. Of course he would. And and like you said, last time we spoke, I had his back. I had his back. Well, because you brought up an interesting point that you're like, he practices shooting. It's not that all the time. It's not that he. It's not that he doesn't have any work ethic. No. It's not that he doesn't try. Just something mentally happens. In it's the like games. if you put four people around him while he tried to take a piss, he wouldn't be able to hit the bowl. Like <laughs> it's like what the fuck? <laughs> I don't need that on my team. God damn. Anyway, all right. With that, with that said, <laughs> I think it's time to rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a hell of a pleasure. Our pleasure for sure, Mister Andy Lack. Thank you, Andy. Of course, Thank guys. Thank you so much, dude. That's our boy, Andy Lack, the woodman right there, David Woody. What's up? Oh, wow. Just We don't have a uh, cough or a sneeze button for that. I wish you would have told me something was going I could have played a, a sounder, you know? Yeah. Struggling. We could edit it, Woody. but we're not going to. Hell no. Why would I do that? It'd take more time on the back end. But uh, everybody, that's Andy Lack at ADP Lack Sports on Twitter, at Pick the Pup. Uh, Rotoballer uh, content producer, PGA, NFL, 
just fucking super awesome. And dude, you've been super busy. And we, I just want to tell you again, really, really, really appreciate your time. Thank Anytime you. Anytime so for you guys. We'll have to do it again, more so football season as well. Absolutely. And Hell if yeah. you need us to go ahead and drop some uh, info, we'll be more than happy to. Oh, absolutely. You know, Thank to, you, Eddie. To replay the value. Beautiful. All right. That is another episode of Jump the Sharp. Real quick before we get out of here, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Next week is going to be a big time episode with. Our ladies over at Women Camp Parlay. We told you we were going to have an announcement. It's official. Next week, the ladies from down south in Texas, we are going to be doing a uh, big-time collaboration with them. Their show, our show, the history of the Eagles-Dallas Cowboys rivalry, two-parter, one part on our show, one part on our show. Listen up. If you don't know them, at Women Camp Parlay on Twitter, you, you heard us talk about them a lot. Make sure you follow them. Listen to them amazing badass ladies that uh know their shit and are just super entertaining and we're gonna go ahead and collab with them next week woodman that's gonna be fucking awesome uh we're really excited this is gonna be so great yeah it's gonna be awesome so at jump the sharp for us ladies and gentlemen on twitter really appreciate you guys uh, all the support keep it coming andy lack thank you so much for your time we'll see you guys next week peace the fuck out